Welcome to In This New Season, where we're learning this life again and again. Let us tell you about our friend, Emily Howard. Emily is a visual artist on PEI, and she makes the most stunning landscape pieces. And there are several that when I've looked at them, I truly felt like my heart was moved to its very mm. core. Oh, it's so <laughs> it is all about soothing the soul by looking at her work in such a busy world. She also wrote and illustrated the most stunning book called The Morning We Met, and it follows a baby's journey to find its parents. I know, I could cry. (laughs) This um, book honors all the different ways that babies come to us, and every parent's journey is so different, beautiful, and meant to be. It's like, oh, that's so true. So gorgeous. Emily's website is emilyhowardart.com. You can also find her on Instagram at emilyhowardart. Welcome to In This New Season. Today... We're going to be talking about the difference between healthy pride and arrogance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a topic. <laughs> yeah, I think it's such an interesting topic and and I am so excited to hear like to dive deep into it because I think there's so many ways to look at it and think about it. Yeah. And also to hear from you listeners and how and how, what you think about this and all of the layers and ways that it shows up um, because it is, yeah, we just started to have a talk about it and I thought this is so, like this is so truly interesting to me. So hopefully interesting to other people too. Yes. Yeah. I think, um, I didn't know it was a loaded topic, but I think it is one for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. It's yeah. very complicated for me. I, I feel like my relationship to what is healthy pride, what is arrogance, it feels very loaded. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, as we have discovered. <laughs> Much more so, I think, for me than for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I have the same triggers around it, but I do. I find the whole subject really interesting. But yeah, and even that part's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where do triggers come from? And yeah. Like for me, I know that... I have so much sensitivity and fear around being perceived as arrogant. Like it is probably the most shame-based area for me that yeah. I could imagine. Like that would be one of the worst things I could be called or like that I'd be most actively trying to avoid being called, I yeah. think. Um, and I know typically in the past whenever I've identified an area like that, like a, a word or, or like a concept that feels sort of forbidden, <laughs> it usually means I need to practice like the healthy expression of it more, like allowing it in my life and not make it like a no-go zone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one has not, that I have not figured out <laughs> with this one. <laughs> so, like, I think that like I truly feel like um, whenever I'm craving validation, like if I can sense that I'm craving validation, my ego's wanting that, it's like I perceive that very much so as a defect. It's like something, it, I would say it, like it, it gives me a little panic and, um, and a feeling of like a, I'm not in, operating from my inside self. So it's like if I'm starting to want approval or validation, I, almost, I view it as like a warning sign that I'm wanting something to come from the outside instead of giving it to myself. Um. And I think that, like, when I'm operating as my healthiest self, I think that I don't really seek very much validation. Like, I don't, I, but there's lots of times that I am not operating as my healthiest self. So I kind of wanted to talk today about all the things that seem to get in the way of that feeling true for me more of the time. Um, yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, I find that so interesting. I, I don't. <laughs> and I don't know how this comes off, but I just don't really see anything that wrong with. But it's not a defect to me. Like that, that's the feeling that I get. Um, I don't immediately go to that being a defect. I'm like everyone kind of wants validation in some area at some point. It's like so almost um, like seasonal to me or something. It comes with different areas of your life or different times of your life, and I don't. Like who who doesn't like validation? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Like that it, it doesn't feel healthy to you when when you are seeking it. I think that's so true um for everybody. It, it probably isn't the healthiest. I just 
don't know if I see anything like at the base that wrong with it. And I think we are talking about a couple different types of pride. Like there's authentic pride and hubristic pride. And I think you're more talking about the hubristic pride and I'm talking more about the authentic pride. It's like when I think of pride, I don't think of a negative right away. I would think about that like after if I gave it more thought and I think you opposite. If you gave it more thought, maybe you'd feel good about it. Like not more thought, like (laughs) I just mean in the moment. (laughs) Um, But I think your first instinct about pride is maybe negative. If that, would you think that's true or Uh, I'm off? um, Why uh, (laughs) why don't you say more about what you're what you mean about authentic pride? Because I sure I think I'm going in yeah quite a different yeah direction. I think I'm we're talking about two different types in of what you're saying pride yeah, yeah. Um, like authentic pride would just be like genuinely feeling proud about yourself or about someone else and not having any shame around the discussion of it. Whereas hubristic pride is I think from my understanding is like when you're feeling the need to do it to up yourself or to like puff up as you've talked about before like to give yourself um, more of an edge than somebody or a specialness I think those are like two separate two separate aspects of pride Mm -hmm. like I don't inherently think pride is an unhealthy feeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well all I can say is I'm not um I feel like I'm not operating at like an intellectual level with it. So I'm kind of like, I'm trying to connect to that. But my heart is like, wait, but how does it show up for me? Like yeah, I'm just yeah. wanting to go inside the experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like growing up, um, if things were going well for me, it's like kind of, I don't know if it's just how I was raised or experiences I've had, but in my mind— Pretty much nothing I've done is mine to take credit for, mm. like, truly. Um, like, I remember thinking that in high school. Like, if if things, if I'm, you know, like, if I'm, if school's going well for me or something, or if I'm going to get this scholarship, whatever, like, in my brain, it was really difficult to feel like that was something I should feel proud of um, because— because in my, like the way I was taught, um, it was more like so many things had to go right for that to become true. Like you had to be given so many privileges and opportunities in order for you to have the experiences that led to that outcome. So it's this like dance in my mind of trying to figure out like what does healthy pride mean? Because there are definitely times where I feel prideful. There are definitely times where I feel arrogant. And I struggle with those feelings because I don't, they don't feel like my truest self or something. Like they feel like an insecurity coming out. And I think like if I, if I try and think about experiences, it's difficult. Like there's nothing, there's not much in my life that I can feel. I, I like pride. It's just a confusing topic to me because it's like the, nothing that's happened to me that you might say, oh, you could be proud of that. I'm like, Okay, but if we break it down, what had to happen first for that to be true? Like even for me to think in a certain way or to have a certain perspective, is that really mine? Or did I have to have role models? Like did I have to have experiences that led me to thinking that way? Did I have to have people who put enough into my tank that um, that allowed that to be true? And like for me to take that choice instead of that choice? Like it doesn't, yeah, does that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. But can't you be proud of those people and yourself at the same time? Like, can it be like, I'm proud of myself and proud of all the people who were able to give me this opportunity or energy and the fact that we all worked towards a goal, like, feels good? I don't find it too tricky to be prou- proud of other people. Like, yeah. That's usually pretty... Um, like it, this doesn't feel complicated when I'm thinking about being proud of other people, um, but I. But you don't like when people feel proud of you. Um, no, I don't mind that. I okay. think. I just yeah, I just 
I just think that pride is confusing. Like it just, Mm -hmm. there's a lot to it that I have always kind of wondered about. And I think that in my mind, the worst thing I could be is arrogant. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that comes from feeling like I was called that or, or having like the amount of times I've heard people say like, oh, too big for your britches or whether it's about me or about other people, but enough to put the fear in me of like, that would be bad. Don't be too big for your britches. Mm. <laughs> or being on a high horse or being uppity or being highfalutin or like no one likes a bragger. Like that kind of language um, has put a lot of fear in me. And I don't know if that's a small town thing. I don't know if it's of my family's viewpoint. I don't know if it's about being female, like, or if it's a combination of all of those things, but it's, or if it's because I just had a tendency to like, <laughs> to to be big for my britches and then like be afraid of the like I don't know if I was just always pushing against that or something and then create getting shame from the response to it and feeling like rejected maybe mm-hmm. like I I remember being asked um at one point someone said like someone in my family said but why would you even want to go to Harvard though like really why like what makes you need that and so like in that, like that, at the time, <laughs> really gave me pause because it's like, well, what you're saying is there's something wrong with me for needing this. Mm. And I think that it's connected to that layer of shame too, where it's both like, maybe they're right. Like maybe, what is that about? And maybe that is that. Like it's sort of, <sighs> you could say it's arrogant to even apply like you could, depending what we mean, like about arrogance. Like that, I think that's where I've always struggled because it's like, it's been both feeling like, I feel like I'm breaking the rules a lot of of what might make me more likable, but at the same time feeling compelled to. Um, or just like, you know, comments like, you just want an attention when you post that, or you're just wanting attention when you, when you wear that, or different things that, in my brain, I've always been like, would that, like, to your point of like, isn't validation human? Like, I think there's a part of me that's like, correct. <laughs> and it's not wrong to, like, it's it's okay to want that attention, but I don't know that it was okay for me to mm. want that attention. Mm-hmm. So that's, and I think I'm grateful in a sense, like, that at some point I got used to feeling like to sort of tolerating that discomfort and doing things anyway um, and trying to connect, like from, like there were a lot of things I did that didn't result in validation, certainly not in the beginning, but I would feel like I wanted to do it because it was like something driving me, like like it was sort of a, um, I felt compelled to to whatever it was, like to push harder on on something or to like, I don't know, like in high school, in junior, in junior high, I wanted to, um, I was very affected by poverty and because my family did a house exchange to Fiji for a month and I just didn't know about it before then. And it, and I had this like very deep, reaction to it and feeling like, why aren't we doing anything? Like, this doesn't seem okay to me that there are people in the world who can't access school. And like, why are we not talking about that? And and so it, when I came back, I did f- feel misunderstood and I didn't know how to talk about it. And, um, and I just sort of on my, like privately and like recruiting kind of help from friends and stuff, just wanted to, to do something about it, like in my own way, but it wasn't, it was, it was like the validation for that did come, but certainly not for the first five years. <laughs> so there was a long time where it, like I was grateful for just doing it despite it feeling like it was met with a lot of friction and resistance. And mm. and that, but that like part of me, it's like, I'm grateful for that part of me, but it has, I've, it's always made me feel like I'm swimming against the stream or something. Like I'm, I have, it's made it harder to feel like I belong in environments or like people get me or something. Like it's made me feel like it's something wrong with me um, a lot of the time. And that's gotten easier as I've gotten older. And I think I do feel more understood now. But but it's that kind of like way that I was and maybe it will always be that 
I don't know, it can have like, it's had an effect on people that has, has felt like it's made them not like me. Like it's mm. felt like rejection and it's been under this umbrella of like um, arrogance. Mm. Mm, that's really interesting. Um, hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a big, it's such a big topic. Um, and when you're talking about that, do you f- feel misunderstood because of the purpose part? Like you don't think that people can understand the purpose behind what you're doing? Like when you go after the big things? Oh, hmm. Um, it's more like it makes me second guess, or it, it has, like with the whole, you know, why would you need that question? Um, like in later years, I can look back at that and be like, I don't know, I'll just do. <laughs> but <laughs> I just want to, it seems fun. Like, But at the time, it made me feel like, okay, yeah, they're, like the fact that I want this and other people don't is pointing to this sort of fundamental defect of like you are um, like what, why? Like right. you, almost like you must, there must be something lacking in you if you need to look for something like that out externally. Like if you don't have enough as you are and where you are, then, you know, that sucks for you. Like that was, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I used to read it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know he's saying, you go back to the point of like that you've, that deeply misunderstood. But when you see people out there achieving things that are a dream, that like they just want to go for it, you don't have those negative feelings towards them. Mm-mm. And sure. I, I don't think that anyone really understands everyone's purpose or intention behind something all the time like I just um I just wonder where that came from for you if it like that that deep misunderstood feeling but but you're not the only person that wants to go big and do those things and reach for things it's the feeling like underneath it maybe that's different I don't think I knew like I I think that as I got older, more of my, I made a lot of friends who felt very similar mm. and, and it, I didn't feel alone in it anymore. Right. And I was like, great, like you get it. I don't have to explain it. I get it. You don't have to explain it to me. Like we just, I just sort of felt more naturally seen and, and understood. Um, and, and so that really helped like to, cause you're right. Like it doesn't, I totally get it when I see other people doing mm. it. So I feel like super excited and supportive yeah, of them. Yeah, very proud of them. Of course. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I think there's just a lot of years and I don't know if it was just my perception or if it was just the specific environment I was in because you also grew up here. You're also a female. Like maybe you didn't, like maybe it was more my microcosm environment than, mm. you know, than. Yeah, maybe. Like, because you would have been, I'm guessing, like you're saying you felt similar in like what you wanted as a young kid. Yeah. But didn't feel it shame just, for it. No, I didn't I didn't feel shame for it. Or no one was like threatening it, like calling you arrogant over your head kind of thing. Not that I was aware of. I, there are just like other and I think that's tricky. It's just like what what you may have been called or something that hurt your feelings when you're a kid that stick that really does stick with you forever. And to me being called arrogant would it, it just wouldn't be as bad as someone calling me like bossy. Because some people call me bossy when I was, and to be fair, I like to take charge. So it was a fair comment. But like when you're a kid, that hurts you. And um, yeah, like and why you remember do some it, words yeah. stick more than others. Yeah. So yeah. for me, arrogance, I'm like, well, a non sticky word. A non sticky word. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's, and I think I just grew up in a, I mean, we grew up very um, differently, but yeah, on, on the island, we have so many of those similar things. But like I grew up, I guess pride just wasn't like a, if, if my parents were just like, 
outwardly and would like tell me that they were proud of me. Not like all the time, but like I just sort of knew that there was an underlying, like they're going to be proud of me for just existing. Like I don't really, I don't need to do anything. But if I do, they were so excited and I was so excited and they'd talk about it to their friends and I'd talk about it. Like it just didn't feel icky. It was more like of a sharing experience. Like if someone achieves something in our like world as a kid, we would talk about it with everybody, like um, all my parents' friends and stuff. And it just, it, yeah, it just doesn't feel like a, like a sticky point, but maybe that's not super healthy either. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I've, I, like, I've really, I've never thought about this subject that much until we had discussed it um, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, there's like, there's so much tied to that. And maybe it does. It just has like, has to do with every building block of your your life. And it is funny that people, maybe not funny, but it's interesting that people as children or as, as adults, people, you tell children, you should be so proud of yourself. You need to be confident. Like, look at all the things you're doing, how amazing you're so special. And then as adults, we get mad or upset when other adults are acting in that way, maybe. It's just, it's like, what a weird, um, I don't know. I'm doing a lot of hand movements, guys. I know you can't see it. I'm like twisting my hand like a Rubik's Cube or something. It, it's just like an interesting, I don't know what, I don't know what that's from. Mm. That's not you. That's like the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That when it sees an adult acting. Like, like adults tell that? children to be so proud and confident, but then that same adult might see another adult being proud and confident and being like, whew, they're arrogant. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, maybe they're just really proud of what's going on in their life. Or It's interesting because like yeah. the people I look at who I would see as the most um, secure don't seem prideful. Hmm. Like they, when I see people in my brain who are truly secure, they, I don't read them as um, like, oh, maybe grounded in self-confidence or something, but not, and that's a good point that like what what triggers us in somebody else might have to do more with ourself. Like, mm-hmm. like for me, if I find someone being arrogant, it's it's a question of like, is that my viewpoint or is that like <laughs> like we could never really say that that's just universally agreed upon. Kind of like mm-hmm. maybe, probably like it's probably I'm finding something arrogant because of something in me. Um, where someone else might not perceive it the same way. I I guess. I guess that's my, like, something I truly wonder about is, like, is it a, is it this, like, um, social misstep? Like, is it something that just reads, like, ugh, whenever you're around it? Or is that not the case? And it really is more about, like, the eye of the beholder. Because I think about, uh, it's, it doesn't happen for me very often that I have that uh, feeling about anybody. I do know like the, that I am aware of who I feel to be the most like truly confident in themselves. And I wouldn't sense, it's not that I sense them shrinking. It's, it's that there's this um, Brene Brown quote that I've always, ever since I read it, I just say to myself all the time. And it's like, don't shrink, don't puff up, stand your sacred ground. And and I read that and it sort of whew, like punched me in the stomach because I think for my life, it's that's the dance. It's like, don't shrink to try and be more likable. Don't puff up because that's inflated. Just stand in the truth, stand in your sacred ground. And I think I, I like viscerally know that energy when I'm around it and other people. And it's, um, yeah, it's super magnetic. And it is like what I would like dream scenario. I'd love to just stay in my sacred ground all the time, (laughs) but I don't. Um, But I know that there was this friend that Greg had when we lived in LA that was like such a trigger teacher for me. Um, I found him (laughs) so arrogant that I would physically feel like threatened. That's how I'd describe it. Like as if it, I felt it was dangerous to be in his presence, (laughs) which is just such a strong reaction. Um, I, I, he was a, uh, very, like he just deeply embellished the details. And it would drive me to the point of like, I wanted I wanted to put him in front of a, a jury 
and say, <laughs> I can prove what you're saying is inaccurate. Like, who do you think you are to make wildly inaccurate claims and not feel like you have to back them up? And I just, I, I asked people, I'm like, is ever, anyone else feeling this way? And they'd be like, oh, I see what you mean, but it doesn't bug me that much. Like, it's, yeah, he does that, but like, it was so casual. And I was like, okay, this is definitely a me, a me issue <laughs> because I'm, like Greg would say, well, you know, he just believes in manifesting. So he speaks what he wishes would be true. And I'm like, you know, I'd really prefer he started all sentences, like all conversations with that disclosure. Like, <laughs> um, for the record, I'm speaking in manifestation terms. So none of this is actually true yet. And because it just, it triggered something in me. And we had this friend, this mutual friend who would be there. And he was, he's been such a teacher to me in so many ways. And, and he said, you know, I think he's just triggering a part of you that you exiled. And I was like, what the heck? What are you talking about? <laughs> Get out of here. And he was like, well, obviously there's something he's doing that a, a small child in you was not allowed to do or something bad happened if you did it. So when you witness it, because your reaction to it is if it's like, as, it's like you're physically threatened. Whenever you witness him doing this, like that is against the rules. You are not allowed to say things you cannot prove. And I realized how much of my life I feel I need the receipts for. Like I, I've, I am like meticulous in my mind about trying to say things that I can prove. And it really, it, it's like, it just made me realize that like, what the heck? That's a hard standard. Like what if I was allowed to just say stuff <laughs> and not I'd try to lie, but like my rules around it were so intense. And um, I just couldn't understand how he could get away with it with zero consequences. Like that broke my worldview because I was like, you shouldn't, if you do that, bad things should happen. And and then it wasn't happening. Everyone still loved him. That I was like, well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> so it's just been trying to understand why is that such, because obviously it's like causing me some secondhand shame. So it's it's either I used to do it and bad things happened, or I have the tendency to do it and bad things happen. I don't know. Or it's just, I saw how you could get rejected for that. And I thought, no, 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 that's dangerous. You'll be unsafe. Don't do it. Um, since all of that, I, it wouldn't have the same effect on me today. Like he really did help me heal like more of that and explore it. But it is still, if anything's going to bother me in the world, it's going to be in that, um, like almost 99% of the time, if something gets under my skin, it's in that category <laughs> of like that. So I'm still trying to understand that one um, of why, like it and it and it it's like it it feels like threat. That's it's the easiest way to explain the feeling that comes over me is like something in me is like shut it down. That's uh nope. Like don't do that. You're and it's like it's not. So I'm not even upset at them. I'm like, don't you know you're in danger? Like it's almost that kind of a reaction. Mm. So what if he had the receipts? Would you still, that I know. No, but uh, <laughs> no, not oh, no. this particular person. But if someone is, I don't I, like from what I'm hearing. You, if that's it would hard. never bug me if they had the receipts. But if he was constantly being like, "Oh, I did this," or "I had this contact," or blah 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 blah, that wouldn't bug you if you knew. If it it was, he, I have a a very strong sense of lies, and so it's. I just I I guess that like coincides with it where it's like. First of all, most of, I like I know people who a lot of people in my world are, I, I find very impressive. Like I'm just like wow, it's so cool, and they don't talk about it. Like you just would you find them less impressive if they did? Kind of, yeah. Wow. Like okay. unless it came up organically, I just find like security means not needing people to know stuff. I guess like it's it's sort of like it could come up, but. For, like, I guess, I don't know, Greg has been, like, such a big teacher, like, in my life because he is, I I find him to be really secure. And, um, and when we met, his band was, like, pretty, doing great, like, pretty well-known and stuff. And I just watched how he would engage socially with people, and it was so amazing to me because he had a way of saying things where people would lean in and ask more. And I'd only ever known how to say things in a way that made people pull away 
and ask nothing. <laughs> and so it was just like, what does he, how did he, what? That's so cool. And, and then the truth was he had zero need for them to, he, he didn't have an agenda. So it's not like he was baiting them to ask him more. He literally could have left and been, and like left nothing on the table and had no need for anyone to know anything. And it wouldn't change how he felt about himself in those days. Like that, and that, I just sensed that. And I was like, whoa, he actually doesn't need them to know. He actually doesn't need them to know. And it's, and he would, he put his energy into understanding about them. And it wasn't like he was withholding it or expected them to secretly know. That wasn't it. It, it was like, he just had a knowledge in himself. That was enough. And I, I just recognized that as being different than how I was operating and then just like wanted, wanted to move in that direction. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think I was a lot more thirsty. And, and when yeah. you're thirsty, people t- typically withhold. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I did find like when I stopped looking for validation, it's like, ironically, that's when you start, it starts coming. You're like, yeah. Huh. Right. <laughs> but you don't need it anymore in well, that way. what if it's not always about validation? Maybe someone's just proud and really wants you to know that they're proud of themselves for doing something. What? If someone like else if, is proud of themselves? If someone's really proud of themselves for doing something and they're excited to share it with their group of people or even strangers, like, oh my gosh, guess what's happening? Look, look what's going on. Maybe it's not about the validation in every circumstance. Maybe it's like they're truly so excited that they just want to share it and they want to share their... They're them being proud or like oh, that yeah. an accomplishment. For sure. That's that, I think that's where it gets tricky for me. Because when you're talking me. Yeah, I'm just having a hard time like distinguishing maybe um like what it is. Well, because because it's not such a, a sticky mm-hmm. I don't get that like immediate, like I don't have a danger response to that. So it's I I'm just having a hard time like how do you know in the moment what their agenda is? Like maybe their agenda is just they're so excited and the other person's taking it like, oh, they really need some validation here today. You know what I mean? Does that um, make any sense? I think it's different than what I'm talking about. But I that is, I love when people are excited and sharing something like from their heart that they're like, yeah. this is just, there. there's an, like that's different. That would okay. feel um, fun to put the enthusiasm into right. and like to support. And I, I can see how, like it's hard to, I can. It is it's just like hard to find the yeah, yeah, or to see to find the difference in the moment, maybe. Yeah, yeah, or something. Um, I think. I think that. I have found there like one of the a coach I've worked with has told me. I think there's a big difference between confirmation, and validation, and. And that really resonated with me because I've noticed that like if I'm validation or seeking validation, it's like it, there's an, it's your ego and it, it's this like, um, you know, tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm enough. Tell me I'm okay. Confirmation. When I receive someone telling me something that feels like confirmation of something I already know, that just, that's a really different place. Like that feels like it comes out in my heart where it's like, oh, it, of course it feels good. But mm-hmm. confirmation is just like feeling a reassurance you're on the right path or like that would be like if someone said that my work helped them or we they felt impacted. It's not stroking the validation place. It's like mm. more confirmation of um, I'm really trying to be of service in this way. Or or for example, something else would be I was with my cousins on a, um, on a trip and one of my cousins said, Oh, Kale, you could wear a garbage bag and look good. And I was like, ah, tickled pink. Like, because I, I wasn't, it's not like I've been secretly waiting for someone to say, it, but it like, it felt like confirmation. It mm-hmm. felt different than validation because I think that conversely, compliments that we don't believe don't land anyway. Like, whatever we, like, the world tends to reinforce what we already believe about ourselves. So I used to crave a lot of compliments or validation about my body. So that to me, like it stems, I can like physically feel it. It comes from a different place. It's like, it's like a hungry, thirsty, give me the validation monster that's like, yum, yum, yum. And it just, it wants it and it's never enough. And because I don't, I didn't believe it. So I wanted to be told, I wanted the external world to tell me I was enough physically 
I wanted them to say, you're thin enough now, you're fit enough now, you're whatever now. And that, there's just like such a difference in my body of what that feels like compared to, um, like it's just an outlier. Like it, it feel it feels like it's a completely different lane of feeling that that would come from. And it's this like, like if they said it, if I did get a compliment, I would, it would fall out of the hole in the bucket. I was like, it didn't stay. It wasn't enough. I would hyperfixate on compliments other people would get about it. And it didn't, like, I've just realized it didn't, even when I was 15 pounds lighter than now, like it, and clearly like in, like, like it was very fit. It didn't matter. It wouldn't have been enough. So it it's like, that's the difference that the way it's received doesn't give confirmation. It doesn't create peace. Mm. Yeah. Let us just tell you about one of our sponsors, Central Coastal PEI. We are so excited to have them join us this season and that they invited us to spend the night at the Meridian 63 Luxury Camping in Bonsha PEI. Oh my goodness, we had the most restful night in this beautiful, stunning nature. We had a bonfire. We were looking out at the stars and I couldn't believe we were doing that so comfortably. (laughs) None of the downsides of camping. (laughs) And we were so close to town. Feels like you're far out, but you're not actually everything. short drive. Yeah. Central Coastal Drive is actually super close to Charlottetown. So it's the perfect spot to stay if you're visiting the island and want to investigate and venture a whole bunch of different spots. Or if you just want a little getaway and you're from here, it is such a nice place to curl up and retreat and just really enjoy what PEI has to offer. You can do some mountain biking or fat biking at Brookvale. We went for a beautiful hike through the property at Strathgartney Provincial Park and Bonja Hills. And let me tell you, after that beautiful hike, we were so hungry. So hungry. <laughs> and we went to Lone Oak Brewery and had a delicious dinner and some very tasty beer. <laughs> very, very tasty. And then we even capped the night off with some cider um, from Riverdale Orchard. I'll tell you, we were getting wild, you guys. Two drinks. Wild gals. <laughs> Central Coastal PEI offers so many wonderful things, including... Island Hill Farm. I don't know if you have been, but my (gasps) girls absolutely love those baby goats. And I think, Alyssa, your family has a pass. We have a pass. (laughs) Frequent visitors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we love it. Central Coastal Drive is an incredible, incredible spot to adventure. We hope you love it. They're going to have really cool itineraries all season long, summer into fall. Check out their socials at Central Coastal PEI. I, I like 10 out of 10 recommend, really. Me too. Go to www.centralcoastalpei.com to find out more. I like that distinction. I think I'm just having, maybe I just like don't understand pride in the way that we're talking about it or something. I'm I'm so curious to how um, the listeners feel about pride. Like if you guys are listening to this and can let us know like what, what, what's your definition of pride? I'd be so interested to hear that because I think maybe we're operating at just different definitions, like at the base. It's just operating at a difference mm-hmm. or something. Like to me, if someone is craving validation, and I crave it lots um, because it feels good, um, but I just think if someone's craving it a lot, then it, it probably does tie back to an insecurity. I don't know. It does. It just doesn't make me feel as nervous or... I don't know. I think when I'm craving it, I, it's so easy to be kind to strangers if they're doing it. It's really hard to be kind to yourself when, when you can see that in yourself. So I think if I see it in someone else and it's bothering me, uh, I'm kind about it with them. You know, I'd be like, oh, they must be going through something or whatever. And you would be too, like you, you give that. Um, but if I see it in myself, I think it would like make me more on edge and it makes me a little like angry and I think I'm just with the, with pride I maybe I find it just easier to be easy on myself in that one aspect there's lots that I don't in other aspects but in that one aspect I'm like yeah hmm, that's that's interesting I wonder what's going on there or mm-hmm. oh I'm feeling insecure about that and it doesn't I don't know it just doesn't bring up that like gut 
with pride. Like I feel lots of insecurity about lots of other things. It's just like that one topic mm-hmm. maybe that that's just mm. hits different that's in my so heart. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know that it's true that I'm nice about it. That's interesting. And I don't know if it's been my experience. Other people are nice about it to me anyway. <laughs> like I think if I'm in a really secure, good place, I can be nice about it because I can see it as like, okay, that person needs me to lift them a little bit here or just like, mm. but it, that depends on, like in work, that's really easy because yeah. there's like an arrangement in the roles. But I think socially, I wonder. That's a, It's like I'm just trying to find the real truth in this moment for me. I think that, I think sometimes it is, um, what is the word? Like, <laughs> like it, it is re- repelling mm. if there's a uh, overt thirst. Mm. And it's sometimes I'm withholding if I sense it. Like I might not want to give that person what I think that they're desperately asking for. Um, is the is the truth? I think mm. for me, I I think that that I've noticed. Like, I think Greg is actually good at that. Like he, so obviously this might be a me problem because he. I've noticed even if we're around people that I'm perceiving in that way and having the instinct to be like, oh, he may just go ahead and give it to them, like give them mm. what they're looking for. Um, and so I think it is tied to my, um, maybe experiences of of myself being thirsty or hungry in those ways and then having it pulled back from me that I sometimes have the instinct to do the same unless I'm in, if I'm operating from like my best self, probably not, but I'm not always operating from my best self. So it's, I could see myself doing that, like being a little more like, hmm. unless they're vocally expressing their insecurity. I think it's when that part's masked where um, I have like maybe a limit to my compassion mm. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it's hard sometimes you don't even know what you're insecure about. Mm-hmm. So I think it can be hard for people to to vocalize it. Yeah. I, I think there were, Greg used to tell me there were things that he like brought to my awareness, my instinct to um, in certain, like we moved a lot in our early years of marriage and met a lot of new people and I had some go-tos, like some ways of presenting myself that I didn't realize I was doing, like certain details of life that I thought, I think, I don't, again, subconsciously, made me shiny. Like they, were, they weren't even accomplishments. It was things like, like things I, my identity was super attached to, things that were part of my personal narrative of specialness. So they were common things that I'd bring up, like my dad was in a well-known band when I was growing up. That would be something I would drop. So I was proud, proud of him, but indirectly, I'm like, I'm, I'm shiny by association. <laughs> I'm special by association was the effect of it when I would share it. Or like my grandmother had a, like a really great career like as a politician, and I, that would be something I'd want to mention. So it's, again, pride of someone else, but I think the way I used it in my brain, it was like connected to the story of my own specialness. So even having 22 first cousins, cottage sleepovers, like the Sunday dinners, like all of that, they're not accomplishments. They're, they were part of my identity, but they were things that I shared in a way that he would tell me after the fact. Like I was inserting them or if I or different stories I might want to share that I thought curated an image of me in a certain way. And he would like lovingly <laughs> say, you know, that's not actually creating the connection you're seeking. Mm. And it's having the opposite effect. That's not, it's not doing, like I see what you're doing is not working. And it was, you know, whew, at first I was like so shameful, like felt so much shame. It was very embarrassing and I felt very overexposed that he was just like, I can see you're, you're seeking approval and maybe admiration and validation and and you're wanting them to see you in this certain light and and it just really helped me when I stopped doing it like I just they were such crutches Mm. and I think it's you know I have compassion for why I was like that like and it's superhuman but um it was like very much a soft like underbelly version of me but 
I think I was sharing it to like for reasons that had to do with how I wanted them to perceive me. And I have found a lot of like a different feeling. Like it feels at first it, it was very difficult and it can still be difficult sometimes when I have this like instinct to share something. I have to say like, why am I sharing this? And I try to hold back the urge and then stay with the other person's experience. And I just like, what if I said less here instead of more? And it's not about never sharing. Like I try, I want, no one likes to just have it be like all them sharing and you're just listening. You know, it's it's about the balance, but it's the t- it's questioning the type of things I'm sharing and why and trying to stay more in other people's experience. Because sometimes I couldn't tolerate the feeling of not adding it, if that makes sense. But the feeling I was craving came from learning to withhold the instinct in those moments. That was just sort of a habit. Like it was a habit crutch of like, drop it here, drop it here, <laughs> thinking it would do something good. And it didn't. It just didn't. Mm-hmm. And they, and it would, I think it would end up presenting me in this sort of, um, I think I'm special or arrogant kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that has so much to do with the social circumstance, too. You know, like <clears throat> who you're with and what what you're really discussing. I think, yeah, I think that is superhuman. I think every I think everybody does that sometimes. It's um, when you feel like a threat that you might not be uh, special or something. For me, that threat comes when I feel like uh, in ego. If some, if I feel like someone thinks that they are better than me and my operating ground was that we were equal like we've talked about that before that I find really hard to navigate and I will puff up in those circumstances because I'm like no 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 just hold on (laughs) we can both have experiences to talk about um and then other times I guess that doesn't really bug me because I am I think I think you're right I think it's all about like this how you're saying it and the intention behind your words but like this conversation came up because I asked you about something and you did very much feel shame right away and and it and it did really stop a conversation um so it so I'm just trying to figure out how maybe there's like um not like a over like you hmm, I just don't know how to say that <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure where the words are in my brain. They're not here today. Um, like, I wanted to hear about your special experiences, and that would have, you know, but in, you went through them so fast, giving me a rundown. That felt t- more to me, more arrogant than the actual details. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you just really want to dig into, like, what made that person do that or or that accomplishment or wanting to hear about their cool travel or or whatever. Um, like you would let someone else, you would definitely in a conversation want to hear all about it. So the the fact that you stopped immediately with yourself, I'm like, I just wonder what, why that's such a, why that like almost hurts you so much or something. Yeah. Well, I think in that conversation, there was, it was the context. Yeah, yeah. there were lots, yeah, there were lots of factors. Yeah. It might not always, like if right. individually asked about right. like a trip or something, it wouldn't right. feel that way. Um, I think that it has to do with just like what we fundamentally feel in relation to the other person we're talking to, right? Like if, if, like, uh, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but in my mind, like if I feel very secure, in the relationship and, and like that everyone, like if I feel secure in who I am and, and the relationship, it's not hard to hold the space for someone. Um, like if I can let someone be, you know, if we're going to say on a stage like we did before, which just means like temporarily, like let's just spotlight you here. Like mm-hmm. that sounds, I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of security to let someone do that. You have to feel mm-hmm. secure in the relationship to hold that room mm-hmm. for them to know that like that doesn't do anything to you to be right. not on the stage. So yeah. I think the need to come up with somebody is like a deeper indicator of what's happening yeah. and, and like how um like if I was uh, yeah, I guess that was what used to be harder was I would want to join too. Mm-hmm. And and I've been trying to practice how to 
just like trust that we actually all stand on the same place. So putting somebody there for a moment and like letting that be, like I like, that feels good. Mm -hmm. And I think that takes like a quite a reserve of peace in yourself or something or security. And, but if that, if I'm not, there's definitely times where like, that's just not how I'm feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, Mm -hmm. and I think that if I, and it's not very often that I feel the need to be on the stage anymore. But if I do, that's probably what happened. It's like if that feels really fragile and out of alignment for right. me. And because um, it's just not a thing. People might like. Because you have an ick with that. Like I, you, I guess you, so. Yeah. Or I just, I just, it doesn't feel like it's coming from, like so much of the time I don't like need, I, I'm not hungry for it. And maybe that, you know, maybe that's fun, like control. I don't know. Like it just feels good to like operate without bad like yeah bad things seem to happen if i if i'm like needing to be there mm-hmm. um and a lot of my like inner work has probably been figuring out how to um to know that like it feels safe to let people be there mm-hmm. and stay where i am and just like broadcast the heck out of them and then know that that doesn't change anything about our like humanness, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's it it you're when the role when it's reversed. If I'm trying to be there, unless someone's able to be in that same place to just hold it, and they're like trying to, it just it, then it feels um yeah, like it falls apart. I guess, mm-hmm. and I and I'm um it and it may have to do with just is that triggering to somebody to to allow that to be true and and is there and then there's something I say about like life probably when I'm up like there's a way I could talk up there that creates the instinct in someone to be like like you were saying where you were like screw you I'm coming up here too like it, it was like yeah. like that instead of just being it's, able to to yeah like let it you know right instead of just being able to let yourself on the stage and talk talk about it in that environment I don't think it always I don't think, in my experience, maybe it just hasn't been that if I feel the need to be up on the stage um, in the spotlight or something, it doesn't, that doesn't feel bad to me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel bad that to me when I... deeply bad to me. Right. <laughs> or right. not it's even like, bad, just sort of like I feel out of alignment. I'm like, oh, right. that's a gut check for me. Right. That's and to me, that's just like, well, that's... I don't know. I I just don't have any. There, there's not shame in that for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't trigger that in me, but it also doesn't trigger it when I see others. Mm-hmm. That might be why it doesn't doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like it just doesn't. Maybe it just doesn't bother me as much. And and um, yeah, I don't know. Like you're very hard on yourself at, about that. Sticking point. Yeah. It it feels. I think I think that it just it's like I know how I feel when I operate not from my ego. Like mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to operate from um inner enoughness. Right. And so the moments that I am doing that out of ins- it's always out of insecurity. I'm not operating from inner enoughness. And you're and I you're right. I can practice more self-compassion about like there's going to be those moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I can't always have inner enoughness. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like there's going to be insecurity things that and, and and so it's like it's the double whammy pain cuz it's it's hard enough to be feeling insecure and then I'm judging myself for yeah. like that. Yeah. having that instinct cuz it it does feel um like something I've yeah, actively tried to like <laughs> eradicate, which like mm-hmm. in one hand seems like great, like that, you know, it's good to not operate from that place mm-hmm. probably, but like the intensity that mm-hmm. I do it yeah. might also be yeah. just because it is such a shame-based place. So it's worse than, it's worse than other things that I be, could give myself more compassion for to be like, oh, that's a human little, look at you, like that, you're still learning. But when in that zone, it yeah. feels a lot. Yeah, I think that's true. That yeah. it doesn't feel as safe for me to dance up there. Right, right. 
And I think like my instinct, I don't always think that there is um, insecurity behind it. Like if someone's up on the stage, I don't necessarily know if there's an insecurity for that all the time. And I think from what you're saying, from what I'm understanding or from what I'm hearing, it's like you do immediately think if someone's acting in that way, there's an insecurity, but maybe there's, maybe there's not. Maybe they just have like a very comfortable relationship with being on, on the stage and in the spotlight or being proud of them themselves. And I, when you're talking about specialness and like st- stripping it away almost, like we had, we had, we're having a conversation and I said something and it, it, it triggered something you to get kind of on guard. And then I said, but I am proud of that person. And you're like, well, oh, <laughs> like that, that when you're talking about all the specialness, like I, I agree, like to put that in every conversation is like, okay, that's a bit much, but I don't know. I just think there's, I, that doesn't, that doesn't feel shameful to me to bring someone up even if it does make me feel special, I like, one, I like feeling special. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Most people like to feel special. But I'm if I'm talking about someone that has done something and I'm proud of them and I know them and like, like um, in our, it, when we did our show notes, I was, I put the example of like my grandfather who, you know, he had built this business and I love to talk about that. I love to talk about his business. What a, an amazing thing that he built in his lifetime. And he's since passed away. And it makes me feel connected when I'm telling this story. Um, and I'll I'll bring it up anytime I have a chance because mm-hmm. if feel if that feels good to me and I'm I'm proud of that. I don't. I it just doesn't. Yeah, we see that one totally. We, differently. we see that one totally yeah. differently. And yeah. I'm just like I'm so curious how others feel because, um, is everyone. Like, we're all so in it in our own lanes, you know what I mean? And it's really hard to understand the intention of someone else's words all the time or the intention of what they're doing all the time because we're not them. We don't know. But it, And it can make us feel awful mm-hmm. or really good. And it's just like it's wild to me the difference, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> it's it wild totally to me the difference. Different. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and who knows? Could just, yeah, could be all the shame experiences. Like, I, I— was very proud of my dad's band. Mm-hmm. And so that would, it's like very comparable to what you were talking about. And same with my grandmother. And, and I think, you know, like my whole family's proud of my grandmother, yeah. but it has been not, what Greg told me was that the way I used to share things, it, it left, he would say, you leave no room for the other person to have a deep, different and equally wonderful experience mm. because it I just would take up too much room with the pride like of the other person so it like it was sort of the you it didn't and that could just be a me thing right like yeah. I feel like when I would say um would be talking about my pride for my dad's band or talking about my pride for granny or for different things. It it was to the exclusion somehow of somebody else's experience. And and I think there was like a, it felt superior in how I would say it. And it would like, like it was unnecessary to mm-hmm. mention it as much. And the pride is still, I'm like still, so I'm like, way to go. Good job, dad. Good mm-hmm. job, Gran. Like it's awesome. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be said the amount of times that I said it. And that, right. and that could have just been how I was, right? Like right. I was saying it in ways that wasn't that I did, I was blind. I was had a huge blind spot to how it was being perceived socially. Mm-hmm. Greg said it was like I was trying to use them as social capital mm-hmm. points, like I was mm-hmm. playing yeah. them yeah. as a way to up something about how I was being perceived, but it wasn't working. Right. And it was like, it would be like, oh, you, you know, if someone mentioned something, I could find a connection. Be like, oh, you probably know my uncle. You probably know this wealthy family I'm connected to. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily that, but like finding a way to, join so I'm in it too without realizing that like 
what would it sound like to not make that connection? Mm -hmm. And it felt like I only knew the difference from practicing it, doing it the other way. Like I didn't realize, and it might just be that, like there might be a way people do this and they don't have any of the same internal Mm -hmm. vibes about it. It might not be read the same way. Right. But it it was, I, I know it through the contrast, I guess. I learned it through the changing of it. It was the changing of how I was doing it that created the awareness of why I was actually doing it before. And it was the changing of doing it that led me to realize how it felt to just to see the opportunity to drop something and not. And then, and and like see what might happen to the connection in the conversation if I could let it, if I could just not say it. <laughs> and it might be finding another way to, you know, that doesn't, you know, if there's a way to connect to somebody's experience, like so be it. That's not always, I'm not saying that's always bad. Of course not. It's just, I know for me, like what I was inserting was because I was, yes, I was proud of them, but I thought that that shine, like shininess rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was being perceived. Mm. Yeah. 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 This, uh, it, everything you're saying to me like really ties back to the, you felt misunderstood. I think that came from a very young age. You felt misunderstood and you've shared this on another one. You, maybe you did feel like you were more special uh, in certain areas. Um, and to me, that's that's where this seems to be coming from as an outsider. Like, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's just like as an outsider, that's how it, it feels. And maybe it's when people didn't feel they were that special if uh, connecting it to it feels good not bad what do you what's that like connecting to like adding something that makes you feel special like maybe that's okay instead of bad like mm-hmm. it's an immediate bad for you that's how it feels like or it's an immediate um warning uh, or something like it's it's a, a signpost of insecurity. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I, when I needed to feel special as it, like in the ways that I thought I was like, I can be special in this way. That was so deeply tied to uh, the, like the insecurity. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it, superiority and insecurity are the flip sides of the same. Yeah. Right. Like I wasn't, um, anytime I was feeling like I need to feel special here. I need to differentiate myself in this way. That was driven from like profound, like very deep insecurity. Mm-hmm. And of being misunderstood? Like is that the insecurity? Um, I think maybe just not like enough self-worth, like enough mm-hmm. defined sense of being enough as I am mm-hmm. and just being like loved with as I am in this sort of unconditional way. I, I I don't know. But I know that like, I guess over time, that's the, I guess it's the same idea of knowing it by contrast. It's like very, very gradually if as that shifted, so has this. Right. So it's, it's just like, I see there's a relationship between all of it, but it's a little hard to delineate like how mm. it all, um, because it's, it's just like, I think it's, I can see it in hindsight in this different way. And I just know that whenever I can trust that I know what's true about me and I feel enough in myself and like trust who my core self is, it doesn't, I don't need the crutches of those attachments of Mm. my identity. It's like those aren't my identity. And, And so I can be in a conversation with people and, and hold like, there may not ever have been a, an opportunity to like put some stuff on the table that I might have wanted to, could have said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I used to leave feeling like, ah, <laughs> like, or I would have found a way to drop that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't now. And it, and that feels um, a lot, just a lot better, like mm-hmm. a lot more peaceful. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it, it can come up, it doesn't have to come up, and nothing. And I won't feel. I know. I know. I feel worse whenever I have dropped it without needing to. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just the contrast experience that has changed how I feel about it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I <know. laughs> so I'm, yeah, I think it's, it's, um, I'm just really trying to practice that not shrinking, not puffing up, mm-hmm. standing in my sacred ground and, and trying to have more of a like receptive connecting mm-hmm. energy. Um, and and not going to that more like shame based protective place of mm-hmm. like you can't you're gonna reject me you couldn't understand me blah, like the whole thing yeah. locking up yeah. yeah yeah see who knew it was such a big subject <laughs> <laughs> it's a big it's a big tough subject we've come to no conclusion really um, but at least not in my head it's still a confusing subject to mm-hmm. me this is a confusing subject. And um, if you're feeling the same way when you're listening to this, being like, ugh, everything does feel icky, or, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I act in those situations. Give yourself lots of grace. I think we're all just stumbling through it (laughs) at this point. (laughs) The conversation of pride and and arrogance. And, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening and and for um, any feelings that you have in response to this, any observations or insights or thoughts that provoked in you um or yeah your own relationship to it we mm-hmm. would love to hear we'd love to hear from you guys um, thank you thank you thank for listening. you